preach about Noah tonight, but I was thinking about Noah last night while I was preaching, and um, I was thinking about him again today, and um, you know God spoke 392 words to Noah before the flood? That's not very many words, is it? And then he only spoke 348 words to him after the flood. All total, he spoke 740 words to Noah. So I wonder how many words I got to speak tonight before we respond to God. Oh, come on, somebody. I said, I wonder how many words I have to be spoken tonight before we let God have his way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I didn't find that myself. My pastor, I remember him preaching about it. And, and uh, so I called him and told him I wanted that. And uh, he texted to me today. Praise the Lord. But if you have a Bible tonight, I'd ask that you turn to the book of Acts, Acts 24. Praise the Lord, verse 24. <clears throat> I've prayed much today. I've been praying off and on just about all day and just want to make sure that I'm doing the will of God and what God wants me to do. Acts chapter 24, verse 24. Acts 24, 24. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's worship him just for a few minutes. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we love you tonight. We love you tonight. We love you tonight. We love you tonight. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. It says, after certain days when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. Oh, sweet God, we thank you tonight for your presence. We thank you for what you're going to do in this house tonight. We thank you, God, for the anointing. I'd ask that you would anoint the hearts and the minds, God, tonight to receive this word. And we give you the praise, the thanks, and the glory. Put your Bibles down and begin to praise him, will you? Come on, somebody, love him, will you? Hallelujah, Jesus, we love you. We love you tonight, Lord. Praise God, praise God. Thank you. You can be seated tonight. You know, we live in an age that thrives on convenience. Did you hear me? I said we live in an age that thrives on convenience. The high demand for convenience is largely due to the fact that we live under the, uh, the hustle and the bustle of always on the go. Come on, somebody. 
And uh, I'm telling somebody today, praise God, God's going to come to you at a time when you're not going to expect him to come to you and it's not going to be very convenient for you. Do you hear me tonight? Anytime that God begins to come and knock on your door and uh, we are as of the night, praise God, uh, what are you going to do? Are you going to grab the covers and pull them back over your shoulders? Uh, are you going to get up and see what God wants? Uh, God's going to come to you uh, in an inconvenient time. Uh, and he's going to say, hey, uh, I want you to get up. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, I want to sup with you just a little while. Uh, I want to talk to you uh, about something that's going on. On, uh, in your life that you don't even realize uh, it's going on. Uh, I want to talk to you about the storm uh, that could be coming your way. Uh, I want to talk to you uh, about somebody uh, that's going to come in your pathway. Uh, and I'm going to give you the word uh, to speak to them. Uh, oh, come on, somebody. Uh, when Paul went to Felix, uh, it wasn't a very uh, convenient time. Come on, somebody. He trembling and said, tomorrow, when God speaketh, come on now, through the voice uh, of the apostle, he said, today, right now, uh, today I'm not talking about tomorrow. Uh, I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm worried about tonight, uh, what God wants to do right now. Uh, if tomorrow gets here, uh, then we'll worry about tomorrow uh, and what God's got to offer us. Uh, but tonight, uh, I want to focus uh, on what God wants to do in this house tonight. Anybody feel what I feel tonight? Woo! Many say, Lord, Lord, we've accomplished things in your name. Do you hear me? But they will not be saved because they're victims of tomorrow. Always tomorrow I'll pray. Come on. Tomorrow I'll fast. Tomorrow I'll find a talent to devote to my God. What about today? Come on, friend of mine. Tomorrow I'll allow God to use my life the way he wants to me. Come on now, God's saying tonight, uh, tomorrow when I'm older uh, and I'm more mature, uh, I'll find time for God tomorrow. Uh, it's always tomorrow. Uh, but God's saying tonight, uh, right now. God wants to use this church today. Uh, come on, I said God wants to use uh, this church now. Uh, we don't have to wait for another time. Uh, God's waiting on you. Uh, you're not waiting on God. Uh, God's been waiting on you uh, for a long time. Uh, God's waiting on us. That means we need to get up uh, and we need to go pursue uh, after what God's got, uh, what God's putting in front of the church. Uh, God's saying, get up. Uh, stop worrying about uh, everything being so convenient uh, for the church. Come on, somebody. You know, we hear sermons that convict us towards prayer and we hear sermons that convict us towards having burdens for come on other people and a hunger for God and a desire for spiritual maturity 
but it's always called for convenience. Uh, the difficulty of inconvenience, praise God, uh, it renders all that here. Uh, and friend, I'm telling you, uh, God's not going to come to you, uh, friend of mine, when you think it's going to be all right and everything's going to be okay. Uh, I've known of times that God uh, has been on my front door. Remember one time I was laying in bed about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and uh, it sounded like the front door. Somebody was about to beat my front door down. As soon as I jumped up, I realized it was nobody but God. Uh, and old friend, I began to hit my knees uh, and begin to see what God uh, wanted to talk to me about. Uh, I'm telling you too many times, uh, we let God bypass us. Uh, and God's trying to shake us. Uh, and God's trying to wake us. Uh, and God's saying, get up. Uh, I'm telling you, God's telling this church to get up. Uh, he wants you to get up. Uh, you've been too convenient uh, about too many things. Uh, come on, friend. Uh, God said it's going to be inconvenient. Uh, oh, friend of mine, when it begins to happen, uh, it might upset uh, your apple cart. Uh, it might take something uh, out of your busy schedule. Come on, friend. Come on. Help me just a little bit. Reach out to him for a few minutes. Come on. I believe if we'd be honest, come on, and intend to change to do better, but inconvenience to change causes us to say a lot of times, when I got a new set of circumstances, when my finances is going to straighten out, come on, when we finally got all of God that I really need. Friend, I don't know if I'll ever get all of God that I need. Do you hear me? Because I need to be filled from the top of my head uh, to the balls of my feet. Uh, I realize today I need God more than I need my next meal. Uh, I need more of God. Uh, I need more of the mercy. Uh, I need more grace. Uh, I need more anointing. Uh, I need more direction. Uh, I need more wisdom. Uh, I need God, period. When I get a little older, when I get a little more spiritual, uh, oh, friend of mine, uh, come on now. You've already done heard enough messages uh, probably in the last two years. Uh, you ought to be filled to the top of your head, uh, to the balls of your feet. Uh, but you know what? Uh, God's trying to tell you uh, it's not going to be convenient for you. Always looking forward, caught up in the dilemma of lay, delays, uh, trapped in the lounge of looking uh, for a better tomorrow, a more convenient time, uh, a better opportunity. Uh, men who live in the confines uh, of tomorrow always tremble uh, when conviction strikes them uh, and there's not a day for them to repent. Men always hope for a, a tomorrow. Often their sunset is while they still got daytime. Tomorrow has the capability of silencing the voice of God. Tomorrow has the capability of shrugging off the call of the preacher. It does. The greatest, come on now, the dilemma of spiritual progress is to have to overcome. It's usually procrastination and compromise. 
Now, my stepdaddy, as much as I love him, praise the Lord. <clears throat> my daddy died when I was about 15, and about six years after my dad died, my mama married this man we call Cooter, and he's a big old bear of a guy. He's, I just love him. He's always been very good to me. But he's a procrastinator, and he always starts in at deer season. At the first of deer season. Well, I've already got all my stuff tended to. <laughs> and he always starts with, Mikey, we need to go do this. And, Mikey, we need to do that. Did you know in the middle of deer season he's still talking about doing that? And I said, Cooter, you're a procrastinator. You never get it done. Come on, that's how a lot of people do living for God. God's got jobs for them to do, and God's got things for us to do. And we always say, well, tomorrow, God. I'll, I promise I'll do it tomorrow. And then that tomorrow turns into a lifetime, uh, and you never did uh, anything that God's asked you to do. Don't you tell God you're going to do something uh, and just keep on telling God uh, you're going to do it and never do it. Come on now. Well, I know it's getting a little quiet, praise God, and it seems like bullets are flying everywhere, but it's all right. Come on, I said, it's all right tonight. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. You think about those five foolish virgins. You think about the guests who refuse a feast because uh, of worldly commitments. Uh, you think about the people the Lord called first, uh, and they wanted to fix things in the world. Come on, friend. You think about how God had to send the angel in there to... Get old Lot and his family had to literally drag them out of there. Come on. Reach out, somebody. Our, <laughs> our text simply states that Felix merely, merely trembled. He didn't repent. Felix said he's a, he was a victim of, of tomorrow. Felix was the governor of Judea during the days of the Roman authority. Felix was born a slave, but he was elevated to the status of a king. Do you hear me, somebody? But there was something of a slave-like mentality that Felix never could escape. Do you hear me? His kingly crown only disguised his slavery mind. His robe simply just covered the heart of a slave. He ascended in society, but he pummeled it in his character he bottomed down in his character come on God's got something for us to do he was a slave to his own pride that exalted him higher than than, than he thought that he could be higher than God. Come on, he was a slave to his own cruelty that sparked a civil war. Uh, and he was a slave to violence uh, and created roving bands of assassins uh, to work for him. Uh, he, he was rescued uh, from slavery, uh, but he was still in chains. Uh, friend of mine, uh, we don't have to be in no chains tonight. Uh, come on, we don't have to be in the chains uh, of the compromise uh, of saying uh, this is not convenient for me, God. Come to me when things are a little better. Come to me when I've got a better convenient time. Come on, if everybody gets on board. I said, if everybody gets on board, you're supposed to have a harvest like you never had before.
If everybody gets on board, if everybody does what God wants them to do, uh, if you'll get rid of that inconvenient uh, mentality uh, and say, God, I don't care if it's inconvenience or not. Uh, I don't care what you want me to do. Uh, I don't care if I got to set aside. Uh, I don't care if I got to use my Saturday uh, that I've only got off. Uh, I know that's the only day I got off. Uh, but God, if that's the only day uh, that I've got off, uh, I know it's not convenient for me, uh, but I'm going to use it for you, God. Uh, because I want to see something happen in my family. Uh, God, I want to see something happen in my church. Uh, God, I want to see something happen uh, in Olathe. Uh, God, I want to see something take place. Uh, I want to see the alcoholic delivered. Uh, I want to see the drug addict. Uh, come on, come out of the drug car. My God, uh, I want to see somebody uh, there to find peace uh, and joy uh, and rest in the Holy Ghost. Uh, I know it's not going to be convenient. Uh, help me, God, uh, to get rid of the mentality uh, of inconvenience come on friend come on somebody help me a little bit reach out oh my 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 oh Jesus Jesus Woo. he was a slave to the all the things of the world he loved himself greatly Come on, nobody loves Mikey like Mikey loves Mikey. But I know my worst enemy is him that looks back at me in the mirror. <laughs> Hello. It's quite amazing when you trace through history, discover what being would do to the voice of a preacher. The very voice trying to save them was the very voice that was destroyed. Judas kissed his preacher and then betrayed him. Pilate washed the hands of the preacher and then let the crowd crucify him. Come on, friend. Pharaoh scoffed at his preacher and it cost the life of his eldest son. Oh, come on, friend. I hope your ears are open tonight to the voice of God and let God speak to your heart. Come on to get down in there and get some things. Come on, settle in your mind and heart today. You think about old Drusilla. She apparently inherited the traits about how to treat preachers. Her father, her father, Herod Agrippa, had James put to death. Her great uncle had John the Baptist beheaded on the wishes of his wife. Come on. Her great-grandfather, huh? come on now, was in power at the time of the birth of Jesus and was responsible for the death of the children uh, in the effort to eliminate uh, the Messiah. Well, she really knew how to treat the preacher, didn't she? One may hide from the eyes of the preacher, but you can, come on now, come against the words of a preacher. Come on, you can even kill the preacher, but you cannot now do away with the anointing. Uh, come on, that God puts in the preacher, uh, that motivates the preacher. Uh, hey, preacher, come to me uh, when it's a more convenient time. Uh, I have obligations right now. Uh, I have so much more important things to do uh, than what God's calling me to do right now. Oh, no, friend of mine. Uh, there's nothing more important uh, than what God has got uh, for new life Pentecostal church uh, to go out into the town uh, of the 
Elisa. Come on and bring them. Come on. Oh, my God. Do what you got to do to get them here. God wants to do something special. I can't convey to this church enough that what God wants to do here. My Lord, when I come in here in the morning time to pray, the Holy Ghost is already waiting on these men. Do you hear me? My, I said when you walk in here in the morning time, the Holy Ghost is already waiting on them. Come on, the Holy Ghost knows they're going to be here. He's already waiting on them. He's waiting on some of you, but you keep sidestepping everything that he's got for you. I can't win your family like you can win your family. I can't win your friends like you can win your friends. We got influence over at least five people, whether it's good or bad. Do you hear me? Come on, friend. I'm like Brother Riggett, I can't give your testimony, but oh, I can give mine. If you just go out there and begin to use what God's given you, it's such a simple tool that God's given you. Uh, all you got to do is open your mouth and God begin to fill you uh, with the right words that need to be said. Uh, come on, friend of mine. Uh, you might be standing in front of a backslider. Uh, you might be standing in front of somebody uh, that's ready to commit suicide uh, and God give you the right words. Uh, come on, to speak to that person. Uh, and before you know it, uh, they're down here in an altar uh, and God's going, my and God's filling with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, hey, come on, church. Uh, it's not going to be convenient for us uh, in this revival. Uh, God's saying, get out uh, of your conveniency. Oh, God's looking for somebody to get up. I wish somebody would get up. I wish you'd get up in your mind and your heart and say, God. You're talking to me tonight. Come on, somebody. God, you're talking to me tonight. Oh, God, you're speaking to me tonight. I'm telling you, come on. I feel the same anointing I feel last night. I'm telling you, God is here in a special way today, church. I have too many obligations, preacher. With the passage of time that had been inconvenienced is now very convenient. The only problem with that is there's a lot of water under the bridge, isn't it? And there's a lot of opportunities that done come and gone. And friend, there's a fresh call, a conviction that comes. But now it's gone. Did you know if you sidestep conviction so many times that it don't bother you anymore? won't bother you anymore now the tables are turned praise God when it's convenient for you it's going to be inconvenient for God <laughs> we do not come to God on our own terms and do what God wants to do with us and through us on our own terms when God is knocking on the church door it's time to get up then my God I'm telling you he's knocking on this door 
He's knocking on this church's door and he's just waiting for somebody uh, to get up. Uh, come on, I know you already doing things here in this church. Uh, come on, I know you're teaching some Bible studies. I'm sure you are. Uh, and I'm sure you're doing some other things. Uh, but God's looking for somebody else to get up. Uh, God's looking for somebody else uh, to pick up the torch uh, and run with it. On church, you want to commit suicide, spiritual suicide, you, and you want to let let something lead you to a physical death. You, you let something get in your heart, and you begin to let that thing smolder in your heart and your mind, and you begin to nurse it, and you begin to coddle that thing, and and you begin to reason with it, and you try to justify it. You're gonna look for a convenient season to try to get rid of it. You're not going to be able to find it. Come on, friend. The vast majority of time that God wants to do something with us is an inconvenient time in our life. Hear me? Procrastination is the mother of failure. It stands at the door and it knocks. But we reason this is going to wreck my schedule. This is going to disturb my comfort. This is going to be a great hindrance to my selflessness. Hello. We dismiss that pulling call of that conviction, knowing that it's time to go out and do something. You know how it is. You want to go out and you want to go witnessing and you want to go do the things that God wants you to do, but and you feel that conviction pull in your spirit, but there's just that old other side of you, praise God, that says, well, I'll do it later, and you never get around to doing it. Kind of like praying. If I didn't get up early in the morning and pray, come on. I've always liked to pray early in the morning, I always have. But if you don't take care of your business, your Bible time and your prayer time, when 5 o'clock gets here, you hadn't done it. Come on, I've been there before. I've done it before. Pretty transparent. Come on. Hello. You know what I'm talking about? That's exactly how it is when God wants us to do something. He comes knocking. Hello. Come on, he gives you that fresh burden. And we say, oh, and we get so excited. We're so excited. Man, we tear the phone line up, ring-a-ding-ding. We're telling everybody. But then when it comes down time to doing it, something happens. We just. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Does that happen to anybody? You ain't got to raise your hands. <laughs> Hello. Listen, I used to be the outreach director in my home church. Praise the Lord. And I know what it's like going out, doing the work for the Lord. It's so rewarding. Praise the Lord. Listen, I want to stir up revival everywhere I go. You hear me? I want to see people get the Holy Ghost. I want to see people delivered. I want to see people healed. 
friend of mine, I want to see churches elevated. I want to see God come on, come into a church and change it and turn it around, turn it inside out and make it what it needs to be. Come on, that's my heartbeat, friend of mine. Uh, when I go to a church, come on, friend. God wants to turn this place inside out. Uh, he wants to give this church a harvest. Uh, he's waiting on you to get up. Uh, you don't know how important it is for you to get up. Uh, you don't know how important it is. Uh, come on, that convicting spirit that keeps tugging at your heart, uh, but you keep waiting for a convenient season uh, and before that season ever makes it uh, you're going to walk down that path uh, where there's no prayer uh, you'll navigate to places uh, where it's void of repentance uh, and you'll entertain the wretched thoughts uh, of a ruined soul uh, dying at the tragic hands uh, of inconvenience inconvenience says don't disturb me lost opportunity can never be returned Lost opportunity be retired. It'll be, it's going to be tied to a lot of regret. Do you hear me? Lost opportunity be one day. It's going to come to light. Uh, in front of mine, it's going to be gone, and it's going, it's going to come, and it's going to be gone. Phyllis could only tremble at the truth uh, when Paul entered to the courts that day. How's it going to be with us? How is it going to be with us? How many times did God knocked on your door and you never got up? Come on. And who was it that God was going to put in your pathway? Come on. Could be sitting on these pews tonight. Come on, friend. My God, Paul would preach holiness and self-control and the coming judgment. And God's getting ready to come back. And come on, I, I'm scared that we've got a lot of apostolic churches, Brother Regan, that's, that's lullabied themselves to sleep. They're sitting on pews. Uh, come on, it takes too much to move us, church. When we get in the presence of God, we ought to be moved. Uh, come on, it ought not take a lot to move us. Uh, but we got to be, come on now, uh, a lot of people need to be entertained uh, when they come into the house of God. Uh, we ought to be entertained in the presence of God uh, ourselves when we walk in. Uh, we ought to come in with the praise. Uh, come on, on our lips uh, when we walk into the house of God. Uh, it should take so much uh, to have to move us uh, when we get here. Uh, and, oh, my God, uh, we've got so many things uh, then we need to get out of the way uh, before we can even get into the presence of God. Come on, church. God's pushing us. Come on, God's pushing us. We're right there at the threshold. I said we're right there at the threshold of something mighty and great. We're just right there at the threshold. If you could only see uh, what I've seen in the spirit uh, about what God wants to do uh, here in Olathe, Kansas, uh, it'd blow your mind. My God, I've seen them come in walking by the droves. Come on, just coming in by the droves. I've seen them coming in by the droves in the spirit. Come on, friend, do you see that? Come on, somebody needs to pick something up in the spirit. Uh, come on, God's trying to show you. God's trying to wake you. Uh, God's trying to tell you it's just right here. Uh, I'm waiting on you, he's saying, Aletha. Come on, church. 
Somebody needs to reach out. He said, I'm waiting on you, Aletha. You're not waiting on me no longer. Come on, I've cleared things out of the way. Uh, oh, I'm waiting on you. You don't understand how tired I am. Let me tell you something. This roar, this world's run by tired people. Hello. It is. We just gotta come on, make that commitment. God's looking for some commitment today. You hear me? I said, God's looking for commitment today. I'm telling you, within a week, you'd be surprised at what God would do in this church right here if we just all got in the same boat. Come on, there's about four or five different boats in here. Come on, they all got different names on them. Uh, but if we could all just get in one boat, uh, come on and know uh, that God uh, is trying to wake us, uh, that God is trying to do something. Uh, my, 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 uh, you'd never believe uh, what your God would do for you. Come on, I'm telling you, you could have a hundred soul revival. I'm telling you, you could have a hundred soul revival. It wouldn't be nothing for God to give you a hundred souls uh, right here in Alatha. Come on, New Life Pentecostal Church. But it starts with you. I said it starts with you tonight. It starts with your inconvenience tonight. Come on, somebody, reach out to him. I'm sure I've already preached more than 740 words. Come on, friend. God's waiting on you tonight. God's waiting on you tonight. Come on, I know it's not convenient for you to let go of that vice right now. I know it's not convenient for you to pray through that attitude right now. I know it's not convenient uh, for you to hear the words. Uh, just give me, oh, I hear the words. Uh, preacher, just give me a little bit more time. Uh, I need just a little bit more time. Uh, um. Much of our self-control will come to us only when we emerge ourselves uh, in prayer uh, and pursue that relationship uh, with God and what God wants us to do. Come on, friend. Come on, in view of all the accomplishments that could be done in a church, He'll never reach or we'll never reach a state where we can do anything for ourselves. It's always going to be God. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good I find not. Come on, friend. This guy, Felix, resisted the decision. He determined to wait for a more convenient time. He was trapped and lost in the perils of inconvenience. You know, people dabble with all kind of things, but one day they'll have to pay the piper. You hear me? One day they'll have to come on. They'll have to stand before God.
people have sinful habits and they do all kind of sinful things. Praise, praise God, day in and day out. And a lot of times that's the very thing that imprisons people. And did you know that we'll do all kind of things to keep us from doing exactly what God wants us to do? Did you know that the enemy will tie your time up? I said he'll tie your time up and you'll do things, uh, praise God, that you knew that you was going to go do a certain thing, then all of a sudden there's something else. Come on. We ought to recognize that. One can battle with laziness, but there's going to be a day that the price is going to be required. Hear me? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's reach out. I'm not going to preach, but just a few more minutes. I'll just stop. Come on, I've already preached enough already for somebody that should have done got up on their feet and begin to say, God, help me. You know, Paul preached that message of holiness and a message of self-control. Come on, we need to get a control of ourselves and say, God, I'm going to. I'm going to do what you want me to do, praise God. I'm going to be who you want me to be. You know, the subject of judgment should bring each and every one of us to a place of self-evaluation. God, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Did you know that we're going to stand in judgment for what we didn't do, knowing that we should have done it? Hear me? How's it going to be when God, come on, we stand in there, and God says, you know what? I sent you a message about inconvenience. Didn't do anything with it. I want you to go out there and do something. I was waiting on you that I could fill up New Life Pentecostal Church. Those are going to be chilling words, aren't they? Come on, friend. Come on, we all got something that we can do for God. You might not be able to teach a home Bible study, uh, but you got a vocal cord. You got a mouth. You can invite somebody. Uh, come on, you got influence over your family. Come on, let's reach out, church. I'm, I'm, I'm closing. Come on, let's reach out. Come on, every appearance of the Lord is associated with judgment. Come on, friend. Come on. Come on, come on. Come on, friend. It's not convenient. I know it's not convenient. It's never going to be convenient for me and you. Can I, found, can I tell you that the effect of the sermon that Paul preached proved to found its mark. It found its mark. We might wonder about old Drusilla, but we don't have to wonder about Felix, do we? He heard those unearthly words that echoed through his spirit on that day. Locked in the words of the Scripture, the only thing that Felix did was trembled. Died at the perils of his own inconvenience. 
I'm telling you, friend of mine, if you're never doing anything for God, you'll never be happy. You'll sit on those pews with a frown on your face. You'll sit there with no joy. Come on, because friend of mine, when you're doing the work of God, it gives you joy. I said it gives you joy when you're doing the work of God. Come on, this altar's open. I don't know if anybody wants to come, but this altar's open. Praise God. Oh, Paul, hope. Oh, Felix, hope for a better day. He hoped for something lesser. For money, for a better tomorrow. For opportunity. The opportunity's here for you to brace God. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to make a move. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. Please don't let this opportunity pass you by. God, help me tonight, Jesus. I want to be all you want me to be, Lord. Come on, God's waiting on you to get up. God's waiting on us, church. Come on, this is two messages back to back. He's trying to tell you, I'm ready. I'm waiting on you. How many times has God come to us and said, just go to such and such. And when you go to him, I'm, I've got a word I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in your mouth and I'm going to use you. But we never get there. Come on. We never get there. We never get there. God wants to use this church to bring about something great in this town. God wants to use this church to bring about something great 
in this city, Olathe, you hear me, church?
God, get me out of my comfort zone. Come on. God, get me out of this comfort zone that I'm in. Help me get into the zone where you're at, Lord. Come on, church. Come on, church. God, stir me like I've never been stirred. God, stir me like I've never been stirred. Let me feel, God. Oh, the heartbeat of what you got for me, Lord. Oh, in Jesus' name.